0: Let's get into what I want to talk about tonight. I want to talk about the six truths to walking in your authority as an overcomer. Uh, I want you to know that you are already an overcomer. You are already an overcomer because you have already accepted Christ. So if you have accepted Christ, I'm believing many of you have, those are the ones I'm speaking to right now, if you have accepted Christ, you are already an overcomer. If you have not accepted Christ, tonight is a wonderful opportunity to do that. It's a wonderful opportunity for you to come into the kingdom of God tonight. It's a wonderful opportunity for you to say yes to Jesus so that you can begin living out your assignment as a world overcomer. So, I want to just begin with just sharing a couple of scriptures with you, and then I'm going to get into a couple of these things and I'm going to get out of your way. I want to begin with Hosea chapter 4, verse 6. Hosea chapter 4, verse 6 says this It says, My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge, not because thou hast rejected knowledge. He says, I will also reject thee that thou shalt be no more priest to me, seeing that thou hast forgotten the law of God. I will also forget thy children. Now, this was important if you were here with us on Sunday, because when Pastor Sean and I were teaching about this on Sunday, we were saying that your obedience is not just for you, but that your obedience has implication for those who are tied to you, just as your disobedience has implication for those who are tied to you. So we see here in scripture that Hosea is really pointing out to the people at that time. He said, you're going to be destroyed because you don't have knowledge. It's not that you don't have the knowledge, but you reject the knowledge. Um, he said, and because you reject the knowledge, then I'm going to reject you. He said, it's going to impact you and your children. I was reading this today out of the message translation. And it says this, it says, my people are ruined. My people are ruined because they don't know what's true and they don't know what's right my god he says you are ruined you are spoiled you are no good because you don't know what's true and you don't know what's right he says because you've turned your back on knowledge he said because you've done that i've now turned my back on you priest he says because you refuse to recognize the revelation of god listen hear me when i say this if you refuse to recognize the revelation of God, you set yourself up for ruin. Matter of fact, go ahead and say this. Say, I will recognize the revelation of God. I will recognize the revelation of God. And because I recognize the revelation of God, my life doesn't have to be spoiled. My life doesn't have to be ruined. My life doesn't have to come up short, lacking the destiny that God has called me to live in. And so we, we, we see that, and so then understanding this truth to walking in this authority that we have as overcomers is finally important, not just for you, but for those you are called to. The Bible says in Proverbs four and seven, it says wisdom, and you guys have heard, these are all familiar scriptures. It says wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And with all thy getting, he says, get an understanding. It's one of my favorite scriptures because it says wisdom. It's the principal thing. It's the thing that you need. You need wisdom. Well, where does wisdom come from? It comes from God. The Bible says in James, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God and that God would give to him liberally and unabraded. And so Proverbs says, listen, the thing that God has for us, it is the principal thing wisdom. He says, therefore, get the wisdom. He says, but in all of your getting, make sure you get an understanding. What is the understanding? The understanding is what Hosea was talking about when he talks about recognizing the revelation of God. Pastor Sean has been saying this, and I've been saying it for a while now, and that is that God universally guides us through his word. God universally, that means collectively, guides us through his word, but Holy Spirit uniquely guides us through the spirit. That's why I have to be able to recognize the revelation of God. And I have to see God as the principal thing so that when I need wisdom, he's the first person that I ask. He's the first one that I go to. He is the one I'm relying on, that even when my intellect is telling me something different, if Holy Spirit tells me the opposite, I drop what I know in my intellect and I pick up what Holy Spirit says. Why? Because that's going to help me walk in the truth of who I've been called, which is to be a world overcomer. Romans 12 and 2, again, a familiar scripture. Romans 12 and 2 says, and be not conformed to this world, but be what? Come on. Y'all know this transformed by what? The renewing of my mind. Why? That I may prove what is good and the acceptable will of God. A lot of times we read that out of the Amplified because it says, do not be conformed to this world or this age. Do not be fashioned after and adapted to its external superficial customs but be transformed. That word transformed means to be changed. How? By the entire renewal of your mind, by its new ideas and its new attitude. Listen, when you began to catch the revelation of God, you began to have new ideas and new attitudes. When you began to understand God in his infinite wisdom and you began to rely on his wisdom more than anything else, it begins to cause your mind to see things differently in a new light, in a new way. And so the Amplified goes on to say, so that you may prove for yourselves what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God, even the thing which is good and acceptable and perfect in his sight for you. See, there are some of us, And we have basically uh, outlined or we have project planned our own destiny. And we've done that without the consultation of the Holy Spirit or without even asking God at all. But the Bible says, if you're going to be a world overcomer, if you're going to be a person who leaves their mark on this world, in other words, if you're going to be a person who somebody else's life is going to be impacted in a positive way as a result of you being in this earth, he said, then you have to know what the revelation of God is. Because when you know what the revelation of God is, and when you recognize it as such, then he says, and you will know what not only is good because some stuff is good, but it ain't good for you. He says that you will know what is good and acceptable and perfect in God's sight for you. We've said this before. Let's say it again tonight. Type in the comment section, say, I only want what God wants for me. I only want what God wants for me. And I'm telling you, we're gonna drill this into you for the next 15 to 20 years that we're teaching this gospel. Why? Because if we can get you to understand that if you are only want what God wants for you, then you will never find yourself distracted by the things the enemy dangles in front of you. Why? Because you will say, God, is that for me? God to say yes, you'll say, okay. God will say no, and you'll say, I don't even want it. Don't even look good anymore. Why? Because God doesn't want it for me. I only want what God wants for me. Now, why is that important? It's important because we have something called a soul. Now you guys heard me say this many, many times before. Our soul is our mind, our will, our emotions, our imagination, and our intellect. In essence, it is the control center of our life. You are a person who is made up of a tripartite being. In the same way that we have God the Father, we have Jesus, the Son of God, and we have the Holy Spirit. They are three, but they are one. In the same way, you are three, but you are one. You are a spirit. You are a spirit speaking being. And you also possess a soul. That soul again is your mind, your will, your emotions, your imagination, and your intellect and you have a body. So your spirit man and your soul is housed in your body. That soul is the control center of your life. It is what most people refer to as our flesh nature. And and, and while the flesh nature fights against God, it can be tamed via the spirit. That's why the Bible says that we get born again, that we become a new creature. We become a new being. We become something that never existed before. And then when our spirit man gets born again, and when we take the time to, to nourish it, to develop it and to cause our spirit man to grow, he becomes stronger than our flesh. So as when the apostle Paul says, when I would to do good, it was evil all around me. Well, that is true. But when your spirit man is developed, he can be the strong man of the three. And cause your soul, your flesh nature, to line up with the will of God by learning to take every thought we have captive, and by allowing, by aligning our thoughts with with God's way of thinking. The Bible declares that His Word will cause us to walk in continuous victory. When I can make my mind, will, emotions, imagination, and intellect, when I can make them subject to my spirit man, my born again spirit man, the two of them are then walking in unity and my body doesn't have any choice but to go where where those two go. That is how you become a person who is able to walk out the things of God, regardless of what's going on around you. Now, here's what we must understand. A prosperous soul is one that only that only admits into the mind, the thoughts, the words, and the images that are conducive to growth, expansion, and success. Let me say that again. The prosperous mind, the prosperous soul, this mind, will, emotions, imagination, and intellect is only allowing thoughts to come. Now, again, you may get a thought, but if, but but if you don't, if you allow that thought to stay there, then it will begin to germinate and grow. A prosperous mind doesn't allow anything that is unlike God to stay there. Why? Because the prosperous mind is always looking at growth, expansion, and success. In other words, it is the expectation of good and favorable results. As a born again believer, I believe that when I pray. I am entitled to good and favorable results. Why? Because I only pray the word. I give God his word back to him. He says that his word would not return to him void. So when I need to know how to walk out in my authority to to be a world overcomer, to impact this world in a positive way, I do it through prayer because I understand that when I pray, as we always say, something supernatural happens. Why? Because I believe I have an expectation of good and favorable results. I want to look at Proverbs 23 and 7, and then we're going to get into these truths. Proverbs 23 and 7, it says, as a man or woman thinketh in their heart, so is he or she as a person thinks in their heart, that is who they become. So if I want to be a world overcomer, I must first believe in my heart that I am. But we know that we are not world overcomers in and of ourselves because we know that we've suffered defeat before. So how do I know and how do I get the confidence to know that I am a world overcomer? I see myself in the one who's never lost. I see myself in the one who's never been defeated. I see myself in the one who speaks and things change at the mere mention of his word. I am inside of the one who has the ability to overcome anything. In fact, the Bible says it like this. It says that when we have faith in God, we have already overcome the world. Why? He says because your faith in God gives you the ability to overcome situations that you face because God has already overcame them all. In fact, go ahead and type this in the comment section. Say there is no situation that I can't win. There is no situation that I can't win. Here's the reason people don't win. Here's the reason people don't win because people are products of their thoughts. People are products of their thoughts. And when you become a product of your thought and you have wrong thoughts, then you have wrong results. You are a product of your thought. You are what you continually think about. You are what you continually focus on. You change your life by changing your mindset. If you want to walk in your authority, you gotta first believe that you have authority. If you believe you have authority, you behave differently. Right thinking will always precede right action. Hear me when I say that. Right thinking will always precede right action. The converse of that is true. Wrong thinking always precedes wrong action. If you do not think right, then you cannot have right manifestation. If you think wrong, you will have wrong manifestation. So part of walking in this truth is understanding how important it is for you to become a person who is walking in truth. The Bible tells us in Ephesians 4 and 27, it says, neither give place to the devil. It says, neither give place to the devil. And if you study that out, you'll find out that what he was talking about is do not allow your mind to become a workshop for the enemy. Do not allow your thinking to be so contaminated that the enemy is able to give you thoughts and ideas that are contrary to the word of God. And he gets you so desperate and gets you so caught up into believing those falsehoods that you begin to see them as truth. The Bible says in Mark seven and 15, it tells us that it's not the thoughts that come from the outside of a person that defiles him, but it's the thoughts that come from inside or rather those things on which our mind dwells. Now, Pastor Sean talks about this quite a bit. Uh, in, in in her in her program uh, in all of her programs, really, she talks about it, especially in her program called Soul Shift. When she's talking about shifting your soul, she is literally talking about the way you think, the way you process, the way you perceive, the way you understand, the way you comprehend, and the way you internalize things. And so, the Bible says, "Listen." don't be deceived. You have an adversary and that adversary's job is to convince you that everything God said to you is a bold faced lie. When God says you're healed, he wants to convince you it's a lie. When God says that you are out of debt, he wants to convince you that it's a lie. When God says that you are loved beyond measure, He wants to convince you that it is a lie because if he can get you to distrust God's word, then he can get you to distrust God. If you fall into the trap of distrusting God, then you end up by default trusting what he says because the Bible says that you can't serve two masters. You will either serve one and hate the other, or you will hate one and serve the other. And so the enemy's job is to get us in this state where everything we study, Everything we hear, everything we've learned, he's trying to get us to throw it to the side. Why? Because he doesn't want us to believe God's word. Why? Because if you believe God's word, God's word will come to pass in your life. The Bible says in 1 John 5 and 4, it says, for whatsoever or whosoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Notice that our faith is the thing that causes us to be world overcomers. So as we begin to talk about these six truths, here's truth number one. If you want to walk in your authority and you want to be an overcomer, the one thing you must learn to do is to maintain your faith. You must maintain your faith. The Bible says that we've all been given a measure of faith. What you do with that measure is totally up to you. Are you gonna let that measure stay small? Are you gonna let that measure uh, diminish into nothing? Or are you gonna let that faith be like the mustard seed that starts off so, so small and then grows and becomes so large? What you do with your faith is up to you. But one of the steps to being a world overcomer and walking in your authority that God has given you is learning how to maintain your faith. The Bible says in Hebrews 11 and 6, but without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that God is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Hebrews 11 and one in the message translation says it like this. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen. In other words, the fundamental fact of existence is that is, is this, we trust God. How do I know that my debt deliverance is true? Cause I trust God. How do I know that Rod will be healed? Cause I trust God. How do I know that my marriage was going to be turned around and be the best thing I've ever had? Because I trusted God. How did I know I was going to get the job that I applied for that I really wanted? Because I trusted God. How did I know my kids was going to have everything that they need? Because I trust God. When you begin to trust God, the fundamental existence of the thing you're believing believing for becomes real. Somebody put in the comment section, say, I just trust God. It's just that simple. I just I just trust God. I don't have to see how it's going to work out. I don't have to know how it's going to work out. All I have to do is obey God today. If I obey God this minute, if I obey God this hour, if I obey God this day, if I obey God this week, if I obey God this month, if I obey God this year, everything I need is going to work out for me. So number one, if I'm going to be a world overcomer, I must maintain and grow my faith. I must maintain and grow my faith. Number two, if I'm going to be a world overcomer and walk in this authority, the second thing I must learn to do is to recall my victories. I've got to learn to recall my victories, my previous victories. Why is that important? Because the enemy wants to bombard us. The enemy wants to bombard us with thoughts of defeat. He wants to bombard us with thoughts and ideations of not being able to make it and not have enough. And and, and sometimes let's just be honest, it feels that way. Okay, it feels like I, I like like I don't like I don't like I can't make it. It feels like I I'm, I'm not going to be able to to overcome. It feels like I, I like, like 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 it would be easier to give up. But that is when I recall the previous things that God has done for me. The Bible says in Revelation chapter 12, verse 10 through 11, it says, then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of Christ for the accuser of our brother, who accuses them before our God day and night has been hurled down. Verse 11 says they overcame him the accuser of the brethren by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. Did you hear me? He said they didn't love their life so much. And when he says love their life, he's talking about them loving their reputation. He said they didn't love their reputation so much. That they were willing to turn back and not trust God. They didn't love, they didn't love their reputation enough that they were willing to just say, Oh, well, I guess it just won't work out. No, they were willing to say, here's what God said. God said, I am healed. And I don't care how long it takes. I don't care how, how what I have to go through. I am going to stand on God's word. Why? Because they was recalling their victory. It's like David said. David said, listen, God he, he, he says, um, God was with me when I had to kill the lion. God was with me when I had to kill the bear. God was with me when I had to kill Goliath. And so I know that God is going to be with me. What has God done for you that you forgot about? What has God done for you that you have forgotten about? And now you're over there having a pity party because something ain't going right in your life because you forgot about the 10 things God brought you out of. You gotta learn to recall your previous victory. God, I thank you that when my mama was sick, you healed her. God, I thank you that when we thought we was gonna lose the baby, you pulled through for us, God. I thought when we weren't gonna have the money to pay rent, God, you showed up on time. God, when we didn't have a car and we needed a way to get to work, God, you always provided. In, in the words of my spiritual mother, God, I thank you for being the God of the toilet paper. I thank you that whatever I needed, you showed up. I thank you that whenever I had a need, you either brought somebody by or you allowed something supernatural to happen to get me what I need. And so God, I am not giving up on you now. I want some folk who ain't gonna give up on God. I wanna do life with some folk who say at the end of the day, I'm willing to lay my life down believing God than to pick my life up and quit on God. I'm not gonna give up, I'm not gonna cave in, and I'm not gonna quit because I trust God's word. Amen. Sometimes you gotta steer yourself up with your own stories. You gotta, you gotta have your, as my wife says, your own alabaster box experience. You gotta have your own testimony. Sometimes you need to rehearse what God has done for you. You know, sometimes we act like ungrateful children. You know, you can do five things for your kids, and because you don't do one thing fast enough, now they're talking about, "Don't nobody love me? Don't nobody around here want to do nothing for you? Don't nobody care about me?" Listen, God loves you immensely, and when things aren't working out in the time frame that you want them to, rehearse those victories. Amen. Number three. If you're gonna walk in this authority, if you're gonna practice being a world overcomer, the third thing you have to do is you have to learn to be a decision maker. You have to learn to be a decision maker. A great many battles are lost because we stand at the fork in the road and we refuse to pick a direction. You've gotta learn to be a decision maker. The root cause of indecision Is so oftentimes fear, doubt, and unbelief. It is fear that is causing you to be um, having what I call paralysis through analysis. God's already spoken to you, God's already told you what to do. He's already told you what direction that you want to go, that you're supposed to go in. But because it doesn't make natural sense to you, you keep asking your friends what they think, you keep asking your mentors what they think. You keep asking other people what they think. And listen, Pastor Edwin doesn't have any problem at all with getting wise counsel. But once God has spoken to you and you know it's God, you ought not be conferring no longer with flesh and blood. You need to learn to move when God says move. You got to learn to move. Be a decision maker. Don't get paralyzed and allow the enemy to sow seeds of fear in your life. And so you end up forfeiting what God has for you because you're scared, because you won't move. I'm a firm believer that there are so many people during this pandemic who God spoke to and said, hey, now is the season to start your business. But because you didn't move, here we are a year and a half later, still in this pandemic, and you are no better off than you were when the pandemic started, even though you may have been getting more resources through various means. You could have started that business, but you were afraid. You could have wrote that book, but you were scared. You could have started that ministry, but you didn't trust God. And I'm saying to you, not that not that not that you just got to be out there doing stuff, but when God speaks a word to you, if you want to change the world, you got to move. Tell you, go ahead and type in the comment section. Say, when God speaks, move. When God speaks, move. The Bible says in James 1, 5 through 8, it says, if any of you lack wisdom, just let him ask God. God says, move. you like, okay, God, what's my next move? He says, that's all I wanted you to do was to ask me. He says, I'll tell you. He says, I'll give to all men liberally and unabraideth not. He said, and this shall be given of him. Verse six says, but let him ask in what? Faith. It goes back to point number one. You gotta grow and maintain that faith. He says, when you ask me for wisdom, you got to believe in your heart that I'm going to give it to you. Don't don't ask me go thinking I'm not going to give it to you or ask me thinking that what I'm going to give you is not going to be the right answer. There's a there's a scripture in the Bible that I love so much. Jesus was talking to a group of people and he's asked them a question. He said, why call me Lord, Lord, and do not what I say? He says, why do you even call me Lord? He says, if, if you're going to ask me a question and then totally do whatever it is that you wanted to do in the first place, you should just call me brother. You should just call me friend. You should just say hey to me. He said, but why call me Lord if you're not gonna do what I say? James says, listen, when you ask, ask in faith, nothing wavering. It says, for he that wavered is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and then tossed. He says, for let not that man, y'all Bible scholars, y'all know what it say. For let not that man think that he shall receive what? Anything of the Lord. He says, for a double minded man is what he is unstable in all of his ways. While an open mind is priceless, it is priceless only when its owner has the courage to make the decision to move. When you close the mind of action, no matter how brilliant your mind may be, you won't get any results. No matter how, listen, do you know no matter how smart Bill Gates was, if he had never ever been tinkering around in that garage with Microsoft, none of us would probably be even on computers today. Somebody had to take action. Who's waiting on you to take the action that God told you to take so that they can then be the thing they need to be? Think about that. Think about that. there, There are Countless people's lives who are going to be uh, determined in a positive or negative way by you making a decision to obey God. My goodness. Failure to make a decision after due consideration of all the facts would quickly brand a man as unfit for a position of responsibility or a position of authority. Pastor Sean and I heard Pastor Hilliard say this years ago. He said that if you don't move when God tells you to move, And if you don't do what God tells you to do, the one thing about God is that he'll let you live long enough to see somebody doing what you were supposed to do and reaping the benefits of what should belong to you. I don't know about you, but I don't want to see someone else saying yes to God and living in what was supposed to be mine. I'm going to say yes to God. And when God says move, I'm going to move. I am not going to have paralysis through analysis, amen? Listen, the fourth thing, if you want to be a world overcomer and you want to walk in this authority, then here's what you gotta learn to do. You gotta learn to be a person who is a sower. You have to learn to be a sower. And I don't just mean a financial sower. I do mean a financial sower. I don't just mean a financial sower. You got to be a person who was willing to give of yourself, of your time, of your resources, of your human capital and of your finances. You got to be a person who is willing to give because when a person is willing to give, that person is one who God can use. The Bible says in Galatians chapter six, verse seven and nine, seven, eight and nine, it says, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. The one who sows to please his sinful nature from the nature will reap destruction. But the one who sows to please the spirit, the one who obeys God about his giving of his time, his talents, and his resources, he says, then from the spirit, he's going to reap eternal life. Verse nine says, let us not become weary. I love this in wrongdoing, I mean, in well doing. It says, for at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. He says, let us not become weary in doing good. He says, listen, there's going to be this opportunity in your life as you're working out these, as you're walking in these truths and you're working out uh, all of these principles, becoming an overcomer where you're going to be sowing. He says, and it may seem like your sowing is not benefiting you. He says, remember my word. Do not get weary in well-doing. Do not get weary in your well-doing. He says, because in proper time, you are going to reap a harvest if you do not give up. In other words, he says, if you're not double-minded. He says, in other words, if you believe. He says, in other words, if you will stand on this word, if you will do like Abraham and you will not waver in in unbelief, he says, you will have whatsoever you have said or whatsoever you've sown, that harvest shall come back to you. The Bible says in Psalms 126 verse 5 and 6, it says, they that sow in tears, we've been reading this for a year, it says, they that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth and reapeth, being precious seed shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Understand, do not ever let circumstances stop you from sowing. Don't ever let circumstances stop you from sowing, especially when you're in times of trouble because the only people who have a ship coming in are the ones who have a ship going out. If you ain't sowed nothing, you ain't reaping nothing. You want to be a world overcomer? You know, people talk to Pastor Sheldon all, all the time about how they want to do all of these different things for the kingdom. They want to do this, they want to do that. And one of the questions we always ask is, what are you doing at the level you're at now? Because if you want to be a world overcomer, you want to walk in authority, what are you doing now? Because if you ain't handling your business at your level now, going to the next level ain't going to make you handle your business. And so it's important for you to understand that. Number five, if you want to be a world overcoming, we're almost done. Number five, you got to learn how to go on the attack. Too many Christians sit around and just let stuff happen to them. They just sit around and let stuff happen to them. They don't understand how important it is to engage in spiritual warfare. Now, we understand the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 10, 4 through 5, it says, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Okay? So we, we can put a period right there. We understand that you can't be swinging on the devil. We understand you can't be cussing out demons. We understand that none of the stuff that may get folk up off you in the natural is going to work in the spirit. It says, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but it doesn't mean we're without weapons. It says, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but what we do have, they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. It says, casting down imaginations. Notice, what are we fighting? We're not fighting a a person standing in front of us. We're trying to duke it out with them. We are fighting what's between our ears. We are fighting in our mind, our our, our, our soul, our mind, our will, our emotions, our imagination, and our intellect. That's where the fight is happening. That's where the fight is going on. That's where the fight is taking place. Why? Because the enemy wants me to self-sabotage. He wants me to self-destruct. He wants me to think so bad and so wrong that I defeat myself. But the Bible says we have weapons that allow us to cast down those imaginations and to cast down every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And we can bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. We can bring in every thought to the obedience of Christ. How do I do that? By knowing the word. By knowing the word. You know, think about it. When, and most of us have had children or nieces or nephews that we've played with before. And, and, and when we're playing with them, uh, and they look real small, we tell them something that's not true, right? We say, oh, it's like over there, or it's behind me or something like that. And you play with the little kid because the little kid just believes everything that you say, right? And because they believe everything that you say, it's easy to trick them. That's what the enemy wants to do to you. He wants you to be so unlearned where the word of God is concerned in the same way that a, that a little kid would be unlearned about the things of science. And so you ask so a little kid to ask you a question like, uh, well, well, why is why are there clouds in the sky? And, and you can say something like, oh, uh, because uh, clouds are in the sky because we didn't have enough room to put all the cotton balls in all the bags. So some had to go to the sky. And a little kid who don't know nothing about science will be like, oh, oh, those are cotton balls. They're in the sky because they don't know nothing. That's how some of you are when the devil tell you you ain't going to win. What? I'm not going to win. Oh, my God, I'm not going to win. Yeah, because you don't know the word. The word says you have already won. Thanks be to God who causes us to triumph over every situation. But if you don't know it, you're like a child who don't know nothing. And because you don't know nothing, you believe whatever dumb thing the enemy tells you. And I'm telling you, that's why you got to love the word. You got to love the word so much that when the enemy says to you, well, you know, COVID killed so-and-so. You can be like, yeah, but I got a word. I'm going to live and not die. I'm going to declare the works of the Lord. And so if you happen to get COVID, you ain't worried about dying because you already got a word from the Lord. The enemy says, well, you know, you're not going to have enough money to close on that house. I don't know why y'all went around looking at houses. Pastor John told y'all look at houses, but y'all just going to be disappointed. No, no, no. The Bible says he will give me houses that I didn't even build but you got to have a word to combat all of the negative stuff the enemy is saying because he's not going to stop talking. He's going to keep talking and keep talking and keep talking. And that's why you got to keep talking the word. We used to have a magazine called Working the Word Magazine. And the tagline says, the word works. If you'll work the word, the word works. If you will work the word, I'm telling you, if you will work the word, if you will go on the attack, if you will go on the offensive, don't let nothing slip. Every little lie the enemy tries to tell you, combat it with the word. You hear me? Combat it with the word. The Bible tells us in Ephesians 6, 10 through 18, it tells us how we're supposed to show up for the attack. He says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God. Why? So that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Verse 12 says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities. That's that idea that we don't wrestle uh, against carnal things. Uh, we don't. Our, our warfare is, is, is not a carnal fight. He says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, uh, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Verse 13 says, wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand, keep on standing. Stand therefore having your loins girt about you with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness, having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all taking the shield of faith wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, and take on that helmet of salvation, deliverance, peace, and the sword of the spirit, which is of the word of God. Notice he says, here are the two things you're gonna have to have along with this battle. You're gonna have to have a shield of faith, and you're gonna have to have that helmet of salvation, and you're gonna have to have the word of God, which is that helmet of salvation, that word salvation, sozo, deliverance. He says, the word is what causes us to have all of those things verse 18 says praying always that's why we pray on Tuesday and Friday nights is why we pray Monday and Wednesday and Friday and Saturday and Sunday on our own but we come together on Tuesday and Friday to pray collectively why because something supernatural happens when we pray he says praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit it means I pray in the Holy Ghost and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all of the saints I'm praying for all the of the saints, I'm praying that we all go on the offensive. That we all go on attack. Why? Because that's how we become world overcomers. We don't let the devil push us around. Somebody type in the comment section and say, "I will not allow the devil to push me around. I will not allow the devil to push me around." I just won't do it. I won't allow the enemy to come and push me around, make me feel like I'm nothing, make me forget about what it is that God has said and make me start believing something that's not true. Number six, the sixth thing that we need to do, the sixth truth that we need to walk into our authority as world overcomers is we must learn to love to pray and worship. We must love to pray and worship. We must love to pray. A lot of people see pray as, prayer as a necessary evil. It's like, well, I done everything else. I guess I better pray. Listen, praying is not our last line of defense. It's our first line of defense. It is our first line of defense. The Bible says in Acts 16, verse 23 through 26, when it's talking about Paul and Silas, it says, and when they had laid many stripes upon them, talking about Paul and Silas being beat, it says, they were cast into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely. Verse 24 says, who having received such a charge, threw them into the inner prison and he made their feet fast in stocks. In other words, he put them with inside a prison within a prison. He said, and once he put them inside the prison within a prison, he says, then he tied their feet together. Verse, 20 said, verse 25 says, but at midnight, Paul and Silas, watch this, Prayed and sang praises. They prayed and they worshipped. It says, as they were praying and worshiping, God sent an earthquake, and suddenly the foundation of the prison was shaken. And immediately all the doors were open, and everyone's bands were loosed. Listen, he just. Some of you say, well, "I, I just, Pastor Edwin, I just need a breakthrough. I just need a breakthrough." Have you prayed? I just need a breakthrough. I need God to show up in my life. Have you, have you worshiped? I just need God to move. I need God to do something. Have you recalled all of the other things that God did for you before? See, a lot of people are wanting God to do, they want God to do something, but the thing God tells them to do, they're like, no, 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 not that thing, God, not that thing, God. Me and my wife was talking today and there was a person who was asking her uh, some, some questions about doing something. And she gave them all these series of instructions uh, a, a month or two ago. And they came back and they was asking basically the same question. And she said to them, she says, have you done the thing? I, have you done the thing I told you to do? A, have you done the thing I told you to do B? Did you finish doing the thing I told you to do C? They said, well, now I ain't did all those things. And I love what she said. She said, it's because you don't take God serious. And the truth of the matter is we want God to do something, but we're not taking God serious. You want God to do for you what God has given you the ability to do. You got to learn to take God serious. You got to learn to take God at his word. If he says prayer and praise works, then what I need to be engaged in is guess what? Prayer and praise. Why? Because praying is just me giving God back his word and praise is just me thanking him that he is a keeper of his word. And because God is a keeper of his word, I don't have to wait to see if what I am praying as I give him back to his word, if it's gonna to come to pass. I know it's gonna to come to pass or he will cease being God. And so it's so important for us to understand this and for us to embrace this idea that when, when I need a breakthrough, Prayer is not my last line of defense. It's my first line of defense. That's what we see in 2 Chronicles 20, 21 and 22. Y'all know I'm about to close, but this one of my favorite stories. It is the story of Jehoshaphat. The Bible says in 2 Chronicles 20, 21 and 22, it says, after consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness As they went out ahead of the army singing, give thanks to God for his love endures forever. And the verse 22 says, as they began to sing and praise, the Lord set ambushes against the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir who were invading Judah. And it says they were defeated. Notice this. They fought a battle. And if you read that whole story, you'll find out that the first thing Jehoshaphat did is he called a fast and he prayed. He called a fast and he prayed. And what the word of the Lord came back saying was he said, Jehoshaphat, you will have no need to fight in this battle. He said, this battle is not yours, it's mine. He says, here is the key though. What I need you to do now that you're done praying, I need you to go out with some praise. I need you to go out singing. And what I need you to sing is my word, which is God is faithful and his love endures forever. He says, you do your part and watch me do mine. The Bible says that God set ambushment against them. And by the time Jehoshaphat and the army showed up from praising God, it wasn't even nobody there to fight. I am telling you there's some stuff in your life that you keep fighting because you won't pray over it. There's some stuff in your life that you keep fighting because you won't just give God some praise and it's already over with. There's some stuff in your life that keeps coming back cycle after cycle, cycle after cycle, because you don't believe prayer is your first line of defense. So you try your intellect, you try your friends, you try your money, you try everything else but doing what God has instructed you to do. Prayer is our weapon of warfare. Praise is our weapon of warfare. And at Fellowship of Champions, us and our partners, we believe in the power of prayer and praise. We understand that when we are feeling down, we don't turn off the lights. We don't get a bottle of wine. We don't turn on Sade. No, 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 no. What we do is we stand up, we walk around, we open up our mouth, and we thank God for everything that he's done in the past. We thank God for his word, and we begin to declare that everything God has said shall surely come to pass. The Bible says I would have fainted if I had not believed I'd see God, see God in the land of the living. God's going to show up in my life. He's going to show up in my life. And I so believe it that I go ahead and give him praise even before I see it. I go ahead and I say, God, I thank you. I get to thinking about what God's going to do for me. My countenance gets bold. I start to get my, my, my attitude gets good. My adrenaline gets to flowing. Why? Because I trust God. And if you trust God, you ought to give God some praise tonight and you ought to make the decision. You ought to make the decision that from that from now on, you are not going to be a punching bag for the enemy. You are not going to let the enemy get his kicks by by, by, by punching you in the face and watching you cry spiritually. No, 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 no. You want to fight? Let's go. I'll be your huckleberry. Let's go. I, I, I can show you what this word do. You think you can run me? No, 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 no. I bet you I can run you. Why? Because the Bible says you may come at me one way, but you're going to flee a multitude of ways. He says, listen, and don't let me get my prayer partner with me because if I can run a thousand, me and my prayer partner are run 10,000. We'll make all the hell have to shut it down. Why? Because we believe God. So somebody asked me, how do you know Rod's going to be healed? Cause I believe God. I already know what God said he's going to do. And I'm just going to trust him. And I'm willing to put my reputation on the line because it's not mine. It's God's. Now you say, well, pastor, that's crazy, but that's why I get crazy things happening in my life. That's why I have miraculous things going on in my life. Why? Because I'm willing to trust God with everything that I have. And I know, I know, I know I got some more champions out there. I know I got some more champions out there. I know I do. I know I do. I got some folk out there who believe who just believe God. They got that cra- yes, ma'am, Cynthia. They got that crazy kind of faith. That's right, Brenda. We just believe God. Yes, Sheila. We just believe God. That's right, Nitro, I got it in my Bible. TNT, he is tried and true, baby. He is tried and true and I ain't let nobody talk me out. You should have talked me out of this back in 1986. I done seen God move too much. I done seen what God can do. I done seen God heal heal the lame. I done seen God restore marriages. I done seen God raise the dead. I done seen God do too many things. I've seen God heal cancer. I've seen God do too many things. I've seen God repair relationships. You can't talk me out of what God can do. You missed your opportunity. You should have hit me back in 86. It's too late now. It's too late. It is too late. I'm too much of a believer. You can't convince me otherwise. And I'm just looking for about 300 other people. You know, I, I love movies, right? I, and, and the movie 300 is one of my favorite movies. I love when the man comes to him and he's trying to trying to, trying to tell him who he is. And he looks at the man and he kicks him in his chest and he says, this is Sparta. Listen, this is is the kingdom, <laughs> <Glory to God. laughs> this is the kingdom, and you can't talk me out of it, and my time is up, I got to go, it's 05. but listen, I've enjoyed being here with y'all tonight, listen, I'm just telling you, you need to stare yourself up in the word, if you don't stare yourself up in the word, you ain't got enough word in you, this is the kingdom of God, we operate different over here. See, see, we, we we from a kingdom of no lack. We from the kingdom of no sickness. See, y'all are getting me stared up. You can't talk me out. That's right, you, Jim, you can't talk me out of it. You cannot. You cannot talk me out of this. Why? Because I've seen what God will do. And so I just want y'all to be encouraged this week I want you to be encouraged. I want you to be. I want you to. I want you to get that fire, so that you can light somebody else on fire. See, sometimes, sometimes we like, oh, I don't want people coming and talking to me, and you know about all their problems. No, let them talk to you about their problems. Then preach this word to them. Steer yourself up and steer them up in the process, because we listen. We're not fellowship of losers. That's, the, that's not where you go to church. That's not who you that's not. The, that's not the group you rocking with. We are fellowship of champions. And as champions, we win. And because we win, we give God glory at every turn, regardless to what it looks like, regardless to what it looks like. It doesn't matter. In fact, I was watching a TikTok the other day, and they was—I sh- watched mixed mixed martial arts on TikTok sometimes, and it was these guys. And this guy, man, he was—it it was three rounds. He got beat in the first round, and he got beat in the second round. I mean, you—you you just figured, you know, this is gonna be over with. And dude just just kept swinging. And listen, he caught the other dude with a right cross and knocked him out and won. I know it may feel like the enemy is punching on you. All I'm telling you is don't quit swinging. I'm talking spiritually. Keep using the word. Keep making your confessions. Keep praying. Keep sowing. Keep believing. And I'm telling you, you're going to hit that devil with a haymaker and knock his raggedy tail off his feet. Why? Because God's already determined who wins. It's a fixed fight. We are fighting a fixed fight at the end we win amen so listen don't forget praise God (laughs) Thursday night Thursday night don't forget ignite don't forget that we have um, my god uh, victory zone don't forget we got victory zone available Uh I I, I didn't I didn't forget victories. I was was hearing Holy Spirit. Uh he was still I'm just I'm just stared up over here because listen, we're in a season of release. This is our year of great harvest. The enemy wants to do everything he can to get you to punk out. I I, I ain't letting you quit. I ain't letting you quit. If you keep clicking that button and you keep showing up, I ain't I ain't preaching a word that's gonna let you quit. You're gonna win. You go, if I had to drag you across the finish line, you're gonna win because we are winners. You're gonna win. Because God's already determined it. Ain't no sense in you letting your ain't no sense in you forfeiting the win when God's already given it to you. So Thursday night, make sure you join us for Ignite. Make sure you join us for Victory Zone. We wanna see you Friday morning at, at 6:30 a.m. Central Standard Time. Uh, for Champion Circle, and then we'll see you on Sunday at 9 a.m. Sunday at 9 a.m. with Christian Valley worships Listen, I love you guys. Listen, thank you again for helping us reach our goal. Amen. We come on right after that, 9:30. We come on right after that. Amen. Listen, I want to thank all of you seriously for helping us reach our goal. If you are part of the Fellowship of Champions virtual uh group uh, page if you're a part of, of, the, of the foc northwest group or if you're on the main fellowship of champions page when you see that thing thanking everybody will you share it because it's so many people who gave on the various platforms they gave through push pay they gave through tidily they gave through givelify they gave on, on facebook some people did through paypal it was so many people who gave some people sent in their checks there were so many people who participated. I really want everybody who gave to see that we made it. And some of them only gave because you shared it. That's the only reason why they gave. They didn't give because of us, Fellowship of Champions, or even me or Pastor Sean. They gave because they believe in you and you ask them to. And so you're going to see that welcome thing go out. I'm just asking if you would just share it to your page Thank the people who gave. If somebody said to you, hey, I'm giving to your scholarship fund at your church, if you remember it, send them a thank you. Uh, Pastor Sean and I will be together on Sunday and we're we're gonna thank you. Yes, thank you, thank you, thank you. We met the goal of $50,000 in 28 days, y'all. In 28 days, we raised $50,000 to give to students to help go to school just like god helped us with that project last year and just like god helped us this year there are some things god has called you to do and he just needs you to step out by faith and just like he came alongside us and raised up people to help us he will do the same thing for you amen amen listen love you guys y'all have a great night i got to go get caught up on married at first sight uh, I, just I didn't start watching because I didn't want to get caught up before I had to teach. But now that I'm done, I got to go see who's getting married tonight and then make my prediction about who's going to make it. All right. <laughs> all right. Listen, love you guys. Take care. Have a great day.